I'm Joan Donaldson, and this is where I am at today. Those of us who identify as women spend a lot of time discussing, among other things, men, the damage they have caused in our lives, the effects that damage may still be having on us today. I can't completely disagree with that. In my work with women who walk a journey of addiction, for many of them, their journey began or was made worse by experiencing trauma at the hands and through the words of men. But I honestly believe we can't lay all our problems at their feet. My thoughts are that women today, at this time in history, when we really should know better, we are also the ones causing hurt to each other. Sometimes I watch women acting in a way that contradicts what they say they believe. On one hand, stating they support, believe in other women, their right to choose a variety of different things, the right to be who they want to be. And yet, I've watched as these same women judge those that choose differently, judge them for living lives that differ from their own, judge them for valuing different things than they do. There have been times I've been the recipient of that kind of judgment, and to my shame, I've heard myself making those same judgments against other women. Married or single, working outside or inside our homes, having children, having only one child, not having children at all, breast or bottle, cloth or disposable, covering up your gray or going natural, our differences go on and on. You would think that this uniqueness, that which makes us who we are, would be something we would celebrate, and not just when it's popular to say so. The choices of career offered to women today are many and varied. In theory, at least, there's no career a woman cannot pursue today. That's a far cry from the 40s and 50s, 60s, and even into the 70s, where it seemed like the only work offered to us was in nursing, secretarial work, teaching, social work, or staying home. Please hear me when I say there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of those choices. I have seen the expertise of women who have chosen to become amazing teachers caring nurses, compassionate social workers. I was thinking of my mother the other day. She passed away in 2003, and although I no longer mourn her death the way I once did, I still miss her very much. I was remembering a conversation we were having about the decision I had made before we ever started our family, when I decided I would stay home with our children until they began school. I had imagined it was going to be a very natural decision for me, not difficult at all. I remember on that day explaining to my mother that the day-to-day -day reality certainly did not match what I had imagined. That first year had been a year of adjustment, of understanding and learning what being a stay-at-home mom meant for me, how I was finding it difficult to find the balance between being a mom and being my own person. When we started our family, self-care was a fairly new word for moms. That was in the late 80s and early 90s, 
And I remember asking myself, who has time for that? I would remind myself that the kids would not always be here at home and that when they were older and had started school, I would have time for myself then. As I observed other mums making time for themselves, I found to my shame that I was very quick to judge for what I believed was selfishness on their part. But deep inside, there was a part of me that envied the confidence they had in deciding it was important and believing this time for themselves made them better and healthier mums. Most days, I enjoyed time with these three little people and I felt I had made the right decision. But other days, I was restless, a little unsatisfied, and longed for the day that I would get back into the real world where adults were challenging my mind, not the behaviors and needs of these little people. So yes, it was a struggle for me. Today, I'm really thankful that in the end, I stayed true to my decision. And for our family, I believe it was the right choice. But looking back on that conversation with my mom, I remember that I felt I was being a very understanding and empathetic daughter, telling her that I understood why she had to work. With six kids, money was tight. And I suggested how hard it must have been to have to leave us every day. I will never forget her response. Joan, I chose to work, not because we needed the money, although that was part of it, but because I loved to teach. I could not have stayed home with all you kids. As I heard her say those words, I found I was feeling a little sorry for myself. I reflected on times that I thought I really needed her and she hadn't been there. And over the years, my narrative had always been, well, mom had no choice. She had to work. But now, for the first time, I was hearing her truth. And I have to say, even in the midst of my own feelings, a part of me really admired her for following her own heart. Through the years, I've learned that my mom had a very independent spirit. She was the only one of 11 children that went on to further schooling after grade 12. She attended normal school, as they called it in the 1940s. In her first school, she was 18 years old, boarding with a family she did not know. She was responsible to teach students ranging from grades one to 12, but she was also responsible to walk in snow up to her thighs, light a fire, keep it going all day, and discipline students that were not only older, but physically bigger than her. After my mom's death, I learned things about her that I never knew, and my admiration for her, not only as my mom, but as a woman, grew. One gift mom had given to each of us was the example of never speaking an unkind word to or about anyone. She was one of the most least judgmental women I knew. I wish I could say I lived my life as she had lived hers. A few years ago, my two daughters and I planned a trip together. And as we were driving down the streets of some city or town that we were exploring, my youngest daughter pointed out that whenever I noticed another woman, I was quick to make a comment about her. And to my embarrassment, 
the words were not always kind. Since that, I've thought a lot about that, asking myself where that judgmental attitude stemmed from. And through those times of reflection, I've come to the conclusion it came from a very insecure place inside, a place where I did not value myself, where I did not feel worthy. Understanding that it had become my practice to compare myself to every woman who came across my path, feelings of jealousy and resentment being so strong at times, as were my feelings of envy. But I know now that judgment said much more about where I was in my journey than the women I was encountering. I realized that although now I'm self-confident in areas of my life, like the work I do every day, the healthier relationship I now enjoy with my husband and our three children, there had been layers of insecurity still lingering and it was something I needed to work through. And so I have. Now in my late 50s, I found that not only do I have more insight into the women I once was, I'm becoming much better aware of the woman I wish to be. That trip that I took with my two daughters was more than just a literary journey we had planned. One of the items on our agenda was to visit the homestead of Louisa May Alcott, the author of our favorite book, Little Women. We learned a lot about this writer on that trip. She was raised by a social worker mother and a father who was more interested in discussing philosophy with the likes of Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau than financially supporting his family. Louise's mother resented this. Her husband did not recognize the sacrifices she was making as the main breadwinner for her family. At the same time, Louise's mother began to understand the larger issues of inequality between men and women. And through the years, she passed those thoughts on to her daughter and instilled in her the desire to make every effort in her own way to right the wrongs done to women. Years passed and after many moves, they finally ended up at Orchard House in Concord, New Hampshire, the homestead which became our destination that day. We learned that poverty had made it necessary for Louisa to find work as a teacher, a governess, a domestic helper, and most memorably as a writer. She lived her life as a single woman and it was through her writing that she addressed women's issues at a time when that was not a popular or well-accepted message to share. What we learned about Ms. Alcott was informative, but it was also incredibly inspirational to all three of us. Since then, I've begun to study the lives of women like Miss Alcott and have been inspired by their desire to follow their hearts at a time when that was not being encouraged. I wonder as I write this, what kind of measuring stick do you find yourself using in your relationships with other women? Do you find yourself using some kind of comparison tool that is reminiscent of going to an optometrist? Is her body better or worse? What about how she's dressed, better or worse? And if we know the woman at all, the comparisons may include more than just her physical, her relationship with her partner, 
her relationship with her children. Or maybe we focus on other aspects of her life, like her career, how she spends her time. What would our lives be like as women if we learned to accept and love ourselves and the woman we encounter every day without judgment? If instead of comparing and judging, we truly and genuinely celebrated each other's uniqueness and independence, accepted other women for who they were, found inspiration in the lives they live, accepting them, not just lip service, but in the way that we practiced our relationships with them as well. I would like to leave you with these words written by Barbara J. Burrow. It's called, That Woman is a Success. That woman is a success who lives life and lives it to the fullest, who has discovered and shared the strengths and talents that are uniquely her own, who puts her best into each task and leaves each situation better than she found it, who seeks and finds that which is beautiful in all people and all things, whose heart is full of love and warm with compassion, who has found joy and living and peace within herself. I'm Joan Donaldson, and my hope for you today and for all your days to come is that you learn to love, accept, and celebrate not only yourself, but all the women you encounter in your life.